All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Storytime with Dave. I'm your host, Dave. We are honored here at Storytime with Dave and humbled by your continued listenership. And if there's one thing that we believe here at Storytime with Dave, it's that six million sounds a little high, but also we love our listeners. Those are some of our core tenets here at Storytime with Dave. And of course, when I say we, I am referring to myself using the royal we. So I just want to be clear about that. Um, I have some things to talk about, believe it or not. And oh, wow, my chair's gotten more creaky over time. So I'm going to try to just stay. I'm going to try to just stay in the same position, but I like to move when I get, you know, wound up, I like to move, you know, but just shifting my position, not really like moving. You know what I'm saying? And um, what is going on that people are really upset about right now? I mean, you have this, um, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. You had this hurricane that is apparently once in 500 years, even though it wasn't Category 5. I think at a, for a moment it was like Category 5. I think maybe before it made landfall. And so it was Category 4. It was bad. I mean, clearly. I haven't like really kept up too much, but I know it did a lot of damage, a lot of flooding. Um, and definitely like uh, some people died. So it's a bad thing when there's a hurricane. And it's always been a bad thing when there's a hurricane. I'm sure even in the ancient times, it was also considered a bad thing when hurricanes happened. Naturally, what comes out of this in the reporting of it is like, well, the, the scientists warned us about this. And I really don't like, what does that even mean if you go, well, you know, if we keep doing this, then things are going to get worse and the uh, natural disasters are going to be even more powerful, which are weather events. But weather events are climate unless they're not. Dvorak always talks about that on No Agenda. And it's so true. It's like if you go, oh, wow, you know, it's kind of it's like, what do you mean global warming? Like it snowed a lot. Like it's snowing a lot. What do you mean global warming? And they're like, well, that's just weather. That's weather. And then they're like, you see, look, look at that. You see that big hurricane? You see that? That's climate change. And you're like, but I thought that was weather. They're like, it's not weather. It's not weather. It's climate. It's not weather. And you're like, okay. So when it's a bad thing, so when the weather's bad, then it's climate change. But when the weather's like, normal it's not climate change that's i think and then if you told them you you were like well you know there's you know people make the contention that we're coming out of an ice age still you know you've seen movies about like ice ages and stuff you know how there was one when humans walked the earth as did the woolly mammoth and we're kind of at the tail end of that. But so things would just naturally be getting warmer given that an ice age period is ending. And 
these things take a long time. It's not like, you know, oh, well, yeah, we had an ice age. It was like four years ago, but it stopped. It's like takes a long time to phase out of these things. They like take a long time. That's just one example. There's so many examples. There's a website called realclimatescience.com, I think it's called. Um, it's called, let me get that for you. It's called realclimatescience.com. Recommend you check it out. I actually haven't like deep dived it too much, but it's like got some really fantastic resources if you want to. Um, I was going to say if you want to make someone stop being so annoying, if you want to make an annoying climate person be less annoying, but that's obviously not going to happen. So if you want to just know that they're wrong and not be able to do anything about it, but just like have that knowledge in your heart or maybe be less worried about it. Like maybe you're one of these people who's like, well, I'm not going to say that like there's no climate change happening, that there's no like man-made climate change happening. You know, I wouldn't say that. Then I would say, well, why don't you check some of these resources out and maybe you can just fully get off that bandwagon because... You know, you're not doing yourself any favors by being like half in, half out kind of thing. You probably just want to just rip the Band-Aid off. Either you're in all this stuff or you're not. Although I, I see like I could be misconstrued there saying like, yes, the climate changes. That's true. Like I'm not disputing that. But why it's changing is kind of what's that issue here. Because then you, you look at all the... ESG, environmental, social governance, and all of the measures being taken to stop the climate catastrophe crisis. And you kind of will go, oh, well, this is all nonsense. But you kind of knew it was deep down because all of your enemies really believed in it. It's like when the CIA comes out or when the American government comes out and says, we applaud the people of Iran for standing up for democracy and human rights, you should just know that probably what's going on there is sus and like we're involved in it somehow. It doesn't mean you can't support it. I mean, I was saying this to, to Lauren because I, I was saying like, she, she sent me like this anonymous video, like anonymous made a video about like they shut down like the tax website like the iranian like irs website and um they were like we stand with the people of iran and i was saying to her i was like you know anonymous is like is u.s intelligence but it doesn't have to that doesn't have to like like you can still be hyped about the the uprisings happening in Iran, which I haven't heard anything about. I only heard about it for like a, a couple of days and then I kind of stopped. So I don't know if they stopped. I don't know if they're still doing it. Let's check really quick. I'm going to check the propaganda really quick in the bottom right. Yeah, like I'm looking right now at the bottom right propaganda resource center on uh, my PC. And I don't see any Iran stories. So I guess that kind of just fell off really quick. I don't know. Maybe that's still something that's going on. And like, if you don't like the theocracy in that runs Iran, like that's not a good government, I wouldn't say. Not that ours is, is uh, much better. I mean, I guess it's a little better. But I guess that depends on who you are, too.
um, but if you don't like that government, then it like, does it really matter if it's U.S. intelligence doing these things or if it's like some anonymous hacker group? Does it really make a difference? Like either way, they're getting fucked with. It's just that it's the American government doing it. It's not like these um, V for Vendetta masked heroes doing it. So I guess like it's a little less cool of a narrative, but it's still like you're getting what you want out of the situation, more or less. Taking a sip. So what I wanted to talk about, wait, what, what was I just saying? Oh, yeah. So, well, I'll just finish that point. And I don't even know how I got to Iran. How did I even get there? They say it's climate change. Okay, so if you're a climate change person, I used to have a joke about this. Like, if you're rooting for the hurricane, you should reassess your worldview. That's basically, that's the, uh, that's the brass tacks of it. If your worldview means that you need to actually root for natural disasters to be worse so that you can be right. Um... Sorry, I just got a notification. I'll mute that. Sorry about that. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm focused now. I'm focused. I'm focused. I'm focused. It's like, <clears throat> if you want the natural disaster to be worse so that you're right, then your worldview is a little psychopathic. I don't mean that you're a psychopath personally. I mean that your worldview has like a built-in psychopathy to it that's not so good. Which I think is a reasonable thing to say. And then they would say, well, we're not, we're not rooting for it. We're just saying that we were warning you about it, that we were saying that this is what was going to be happening. Well, we're just saying that we, we were listening to the science. And the science with the scientists were all telling us that, 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 the, 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 the hurricanes, the hurricanes were going to be worse. They were saying the scientists is what you sound like. And, um, I know that that might be true, but also you want it to be worse. Like it's okay. It's okay. And then that, that's just a part of you. That's a, that's a part of you now. And it's like, You shouldn't do that, probably, pretty much. Because you can also, like, dissociate yourself from it. I mean, you as a human being. Like, let's take all of your arguments as factual. Which, you know, we'll do so as a thought experiment. Because, obviously, that couldn't be the case in reality. But let's, as a thought experiment, take everything you're saying as a climate person. Similar to Ukrainian flag person. A lot of the times it's the same person. Let's take everything you're saying is factual. Well, then there's nothing you can do. <coughs> nothing you can do will help the situation. You're just you. You're not going to convince anyone because you're really bad at persuasion. And um, why not just dissociate yourself and just like accept fate then and be a little nihilistic in that regard? I'm not saying to change your entire perspective to nihilism, but in this regard, just hope for the best, 
but being all uh, worked up about it all the time, it does no one any good. Most of all, the people around you, because you're annoying them. So they're especially the ones who are victims on your um, crusade to save the planet. You won't save the planet if everything else you're saying is right. You will do nothing, and you'll like it, slave. But seriously, just stop and calm down and take a breath and, and just... Don't worry about it so much. And I'll tell you this, because I used to be a lib, and I talk about it pretty openly. I'm, I'm not, I never try to hide that. Like, I was a lib. I was a real libtard for, like, years. I mean, at least two or three years. I was, it was bad. And that was kind of in the lead-up to Trump, and then during the first probably two years of Trump's presidency before I snapped out of it. And one thing that I noticed was that I actually trained myself to have a visceral rea reaction whenever someone used the word faggot. So if I heard someone say faggot, even in this context, like such as the way I'm saying it now, I'm just using it to describe this example. Like, this is a good example. I'm not saying, like, I'm not calling anyone a faggot right now. I'm just using the word, but in an innocuous way, where I would have a visceral reaction to it, like a physical reaction if I heard someone say that word and I would get really mad and I would like snap at that person and be like you can't say that it's a horrible word whatever and what was amazing is that as soon as I kind of snapped out of the of my liberal worldview I no longer had that visceral reaction to that word because I realized it was such a stupid thing to have trained myself to do so you and I'm not, I don't mean you specifically, because as we also say pretty frequently, if you're a Ukrainian flag person, you're not listening to this podcast. It's not for you. If you are, you should stop. I don't think you're going to gain much out of it. I'm not going to persuade you. I'm not that good at persuasion either. I'm only good at persuasion to people who are like, like impressionable and not dogmatic or kind of leaning in our direction and then I can be pretty effective but otherwise someone who's staunchly liberal or Ukrainian flag is not gonna take anything away from this other than anger so please stop <clears throat> but what I would say is that your training your worldview and your training has led you to actually cheer on natural disasters I would recommend you change your worldview because then as a result, you're, you'll no longer cheer on disasters and be happy as a death toll rises. It was the same with COVID, where they would turn on the TV and hope that the number was significantly higher. And when they hit these 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 dead milestones, they'd be very happy about it. It's similar to a lot of things. It's like if you tell someone like, well, in hindsight, and according to information that's been gleaned since the time period, it turns out that maybe it wasn't six million, maybe it was less. They actually get mad at you because they want it so badly to be six million. And you're like, I'm trying to tell you that fewer people died. Why are you mad? And they're like, you can't say that. It had to be that many. In fact, I want it to be more. Oops, I didn't mean to say that part, but it slipped out. Freudian slip. Maybe those people are the most anti-Semitic of all, of all. Have you ever considered that? Have you ever considered that? You know, this week 
Um, first of all, I've been like really on a World War II kick. That's kind of why I made these references because I've been, you know, watching a lot of like David Irving talks and, you know, you bring up that name and it's, it's like people have a visceral reaction to even you bringing up his name. And, you know, the reality with him is that he's a, he's a really amazing historic historian. He came to some, some conclusion. I can't speak today. <laughs> he came to some conclusions that are contrary to the widely accepted narratives where a lot of these narratives are accepted because someone asserts it, who's a historian with credentials, and then other historians just cite that historian. Um, <clears throat> you know, I no longer worry about, like, these clips getting dug up, like, in the event that this became a very successful podcast. It's like... I, I would just, I think I would just stand by it because, but it's obviously, it's a dangerous game to play. But it seems like at this point, pretty much everything's a dangerous game to play. So whatever. I mean, if you're talking about vaccines or if you're talking about the overall health paradigm, that's dangerous. Or if you're just talking about the government and, you know, and you're a dissenter, then that can be dangerous. Or if you're a purveyor of misinformation on global affairs and international conflicts such as Russia and Ukraine, that's dangerous. And yeah, history is dangerous too, especially if it's World War II history or Civil War history. This, these happen to be two untouchable topics. So of course I'm going to want to go there because that's where I thrive. And I love controversial things. I'm drawn to them and I want to learn more about them. And sometimes I learn about them and find that and it's not often, but sometimes you learn that, well, the mainstream narrative on that particular topic is accurate, and then that's fine, and I accept that. But when you find out that not only is that inaccurate, but the person or people who discovered the inaccuracies are um, maligned, and in some cases, in David Irving's case, banned from entering countries... He's literally banned from entering several countries, including Canada, Australia, Germany, Austria. <coughs> or it might have been that he had an arrest warrant in Austria, but he was still allowed there. Kind of like, you know, trying to bait him in or something. I don't know. I'm taking a sip of water. So one thing that he talks about and I'm going to move on to other topics. This is not going to be like a World War II podcast. And I'll definitely do some of those. Or I'll just sprinkle it in like this. But they're really interesting things. And I find that even when I talk to like my conservative friends about these topics, I get a lot of resistance there. Because then you have the American mythology built into that. So in some regards, you have the Jewish mythology. And of course, anyone who's Jewish and anyone who's liberal... Um, is going to be very resistant to that, sometimes emotionally, sometimes violently, although I haven't been subject to that, luckily. Um, but they're going to be very resistant to any sort of, you know, revisions being made to that part of history. And then you also have the American mythology and the British mythology, 
or the, I will just call it the ally, the allied power mythology. Um, and that it's built into people's patriotism that like we were the heroes and we kicked their ass. We came in there and we fucking kicked their ass. And, um, you know, so, and you try to tell people like, you, you know, haven't you ever heard the phrase like the victors write the history? Like, doesn't that mean anything to you? And they're like, well, yeah, but that was for like Rome. That's not for us. And I'm like, it's probably more for us. It, it probably applies more to us than at any other time in history. Because even though there's more information out there, it's easier to control what information is being, um, is like what information average people are consuming. And in this case in particular, like with David Irving, it's like his books are just out of print. So they're really expensive. I mean, not all of them, but the really good ones, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, those aren't the types of podcasts that like you're going to hear about very easily. And I find these things by like rabbit holes through rabbit holes, like a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole. And then I come across these things and, um, and I'm very grateful that I'm able to find, you know, these sources, but not many people do. And then there's barriers to entry, such as like, in some cases they're boring, and in some cases, they're not very articulate. Like, they're not very good at speaking. Not that they're not articulate. They're just not that interesting when it comes to, like, the way they're presenting their ideas. And I wish they were better. But And, and then there's just the very, very deeply controversial nature of some of the topics where people aren't, they're going to say, no, I refuse to listen to that. And you're like, well, no, but if you listen to this, I think you might have a different idea about how things went down. And they'll get like, well, then I don't want to listen to it. Like, I literally don't want to listen to it. If there's any chance that this can persuade me into, and they won't say it in these words, they'll say it in different words. They'll be like, I would never want to be exposed to kind of hateful, bigoted rhetoric, that anti-Semitic, hateful, bigoted rhetoric. And you're like, well, but what if it's true? If it's true, is it anti-Semitic? And they're like, yes, yes, it is. And you're like, well, then, okay. You don't have to watch it then. You don't have to learn about it. But one thing, and I'll just give you this as a good example of how, <laughs> of how these things work. They, like many historians, and the majority of them will say that the final solution and the execution order to execute the Jews was given by Hitler. So what David Irving did is he just went through all of the orders that Hitler gave. So it's not even like, because on the one hand, you could be like, well, how could David Irving go through everything Hitler ever said? It's like, he just went through the orders. I mean, he's gone through a lot of what Hitler ever said, like probably most of it, um, and a lot of other topics as well. But he just went through the orders looking for that order, and he never found it. So he's saying to these historians, he's like, the the um, burden of proof is on you if you're going to make this assertion that Hitler gave the order to exterminate all the Jews. If Hitler gave the order to exterminate all the Jews, just show me the order. But there is none. And the reason that those things get propagated, ideas like that, and then people will go, 
people get, this is what I mean by people get so emotional and maybe you're getting emotional listening to this and maybe you're having like a knee jerk reaction. You're like, well, oh, so Hitler was a great guy. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you that Hitler didn't make, there was no exterminate the Jews order from Hitler. That's what I'm telling you. It doesn't mean he's a great guy. It's just that this is a fact and it's an inconvenient one. Let's not get all emotional about things. Let's try to keep our heads on straight. Let's try to, you know, take deep breaths if we have to. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. No one's going to hurt you. But people get very mad and very upset. And um, like I get it because I've been that way before. So I understand it. But at the same time, it's like... <coughs> at the same time... I don't know if you're like me. I'm just interested in finding out what really happened. Like what will that actually achieve? Probably very little. At the very least, maybe it will uh, make the podcast more interesting. But for me, it's my curiosity. And it's my, um, you know, and I, like I said, I'm just really interested in delving into controversial topics because I'm like, what is this really? Like when you're going to go so far as to ban a guy from your country to arrest him for giving a talk, I want to know what he's saying. And it's the same with like, as all of us have experienced. Over the past two years, when a post gets banned or taken down, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to find that post. What did it say? When someone gets their account banned, all of their numbers go up. You know, like, uh, you know, Highwire, like Del Bigtree, he's annoying, but they banned him off YouTube and then he went from like 100,000 viewers to like 6 million. Wow, that number came up again and I didn't mean that. But uh, that's what he says, at least. And I think they do have the analytics to prove it. I'm like, never mind. Um, but we're moving on and we're continuing. And I just wanted to tell you that because that's how these things can happen. Because one guy makes an assertion and he's a historian. And then other historians are like, well, according to this guy, this happened. And then another historian is like, well, according to this guy, this happened. And then you're like, well, where's the source document? Because when you trace these things back, this is how they get you. They're like, no one's ever going to look that far back. They do this on Wikipedia all the time. They do this in news articles where they're like, according to this, you know, and then according to this study, it's like a CNN article. And according to this study, and it's like a CNN study. And then it's like, or according to this polling data, and they're like, no one's going to look at the polling data. And then you look at the polling data and they're like, we did a survey of 557 Democratic voters and they all think Joe Biden's doing a great job. So according to this survey, Joe Biden's approval rating is 8,800%. Back to you, John. Sip of water. All right, we're cruising right along here. You know, I, I found a new group to bother and it's more... It's more like uh, intellectually rewarding to mess with and debate online um, libertarians and anarcho-capitalists because, oh, 
they get dogmatic the same way that liberals do, which is interesting. Because I'll always say to them, because they'll straw man me sometimes. And they'll say, oh, so you love the state and you think and you believe in the legitimacy of government. And I'm like, you're trying to have this different argument. Like, this is basically what I was saying to these people. And I, I, I said it here before, but now I've been saying it like on Twitter and getting the arguments with people. It's a lot of fun. I even got Michael Malice to quote tweet me and not like drag me. Like I was kind of shitting on uh, anarcho-capitalism being like, it's just not possible. And Michael Malice quote tweeted me and in like a, in a respectful way. He didn't like troll me. So I was like very happy. I, I was very happy about that because I love Michael Malice and he's probably the best person on Twitter. I would have to say, I can't think of another person who's better at Twitter. So that I took as an honor. The fact, just the fact that he didn't drag me, I took as an honor. Wait, I'm plugging my phone in because it's almost dead. Okay. That's plugged in now. So I, I didn't really mind it. I mean, he wasn't agreeing with me, but he wasn't dragging me. And he said that what I'm saying is possibly true. So I was like, thank you, Michael. Respect. Because I'm, I'm over here like, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm more in line with Curtis Yarvin, who you showed me, sir. Because I only found out about Curtis Yarvin through Michael Malice's podcast. So I'm arguing with these people. Oh, well, before I get into that, really just briefly, um, something funny that I noticed is like, I saw this on the same day on Reddit. And I thought it was really funny because on one thread, people were talking about, it was like uh, Bernie, it was a Bernie Sanders thread. Because I don't think like, I don't dislike libertarians and anarcho-capitalists. I don't dislike them at all. Because I think they're like really on the right track. And in a lot of regards, I totally agree with what they're saying. And I agree with like the moral sentiments that they're saying, but I'm like, politics isn't a moral game. So that that's like a lot of my contention with them. I'm like, you keep making moral arguments to me. I'm trying to make like realistic arguments to you about like the implementation of your ideas being impossible. That's what I'm trying to describe to you. But you keep telling me about these these morality aspects of your ideology about how like the state has no legitimacy why do um, other people have the right to determine who governs me and I'm like I don't disagree with you but this is the reality so there is no reality that exists where your ideas can actually be implemented so let's operate in the realm of the possible that's like a Machiavellian thing. Like I'm reading this book called The Machiavellians by James Burnham. You should read it too. It's not that hard to read. There's an audio book for it too. So you should definitely do that. And you'll learn a lot. But, you know, politics operates in reality. And if you're trying to think of a political ideology to counteract this regime, then it should be something that can work like in a serious way that could actually work. It should be possible. And it doesn't even have to be probable or likely, but it should be possible because if you're like me, 
then you see the collapse of this regime as inevitable. And there will be a new regime that replaces it. When that will happen, I don't know because these things can take a while or they can happen very quickly, like with the Soviet Union. So I don't know, but you want to have ideas in place for when it does collapse and ideas that are workable. And, you know, libertarianism is just not workable. And neither is anarcho-capitalism, at least I, that's how I see it. And I, like I said, like I like these people and I like their ideas. They just can't work. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone. And I like them as people. And the other thing is that I was going to say, because I was on this Bernie thread, and like, why would I be in a Bernie thread? Because these are like, they're like MAGA Bernies, like, they're like MAGA Bernie bros. They're basically, they're right wingers. They just don't know it. They still speak left wing, but they're not really left wing. They don't agree with the left at all. Because you have to ask yourself, like, I forget who was saying this. I was listening to something. It might have been an audiobook or something. But... It's like the left is, oh, I think it was Curtis Yarvin, actually. <coughs> but the left is just what it is. It's like your idea of the left. Yeah, it was Curtis Yarvin. Because you're talking about like Glenn Greenwald. Like a guy like Glenn Greenwald wouldn't call himself right wing. Even though he's basically right wing because he's an enemy of the regime. Which holds the title of left wing. So... A lot of left-wing people would be like, and I've, I've even like said this before too, is like, if you're left-wing, then the in-power version of you is liberal. So there is a distinction. I'm not going to say there's not a distinction. And there's a lot of differences between like a left-wing person and a liberal. And like my parents are liberal and my cousin is like left-wing, like, socialist idealist kind of kind of vibe and there's a lot of differences between them and then the people on the left who are like the glenn greenwald left or the chris hedges left and these are really smart people and i like them a lot but they'll say that's not real leftism what we believe is what leftism is they're like corporate neoliberals but what like the contention to that claim would be like, well, when the left is in power, it's liberals. So you should just be right wing. Or or no wing or just be something else. But like you're not that's not even left anymore, really. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of confusing because I guess it is, but. These, th these things don't even, I feel like the more you talk about it, these things don't even really mean much. But anyway, I like people who make that distinction and put themselves in that left category. Okay, I like them a lot more than liberals. Liberals, I think, are the worst. Like, the shit libs, the people who look at Amy Klobuchar and they're like, she's a really good senator... The people who look at Joe Biden and they're like, 
he's not it's not that bad like trump's brain was way worse like these types of liberals the ukrainian flag people these are the worst people in our society but the left-wing people and i know like right-wingers will be like how could you say this but like the socialists even in some cases the communists are a lot better and i've said that before and it's at least that their critique of the regime is a little bit, is like there. They're willing to critique the regime. They're not completely blind. Their plans are dumb, but they're not idiots. And it would be bad faith to call them all dumb because they're not. Like Chris Hedges is not dumb. You couldn't call the guy dumb. He's a really smart guy. He's a great writer. Amazing. Anyway, I was on this Bernie sub, and some of them are like apologists for um, communism. You see that. And one of them made this thread about how Stalin was actually a Nazi or a fascist. That Stalin was actually a fascist. And his point was, um, because I found this out later, because he was like, I can't believe anyone would say otherwise. Obviously, Stalin was a fascist. And then people in the comments were like, yeah, 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 he was a fascist. He was a fascist. And I was like, listen, man, this is stupid. Like, I was like, the guy was a communist. Like, I don't know how you could dispute that. There's a lot of things that you can dispute around Stalin. And Hitler, for that matter. But he was a communist. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you here. And the guy was like, well, what was his body count? Like 20 million? And to him, so to this person, if you kill a lot of people, like of your own people in the gulag, as Stalin did, then that makes you a fascist and not a communist. And so that was kind of his definition of fascism. He was like, if a regime kills a lot of its own people, it's a fascist regime. And it can't be communist. And I'm just like, all right, you guys. But the what's the what are they really trying to do here? They're saying, okay, we concede that Stalin was a horrible leader. And well, maybe not even that, because he wasn't he wasn't a bad leader, but he was a horrible person, and the things he did were horrible. So they're gonna concede that, but they're gonna say at the same time, but this doesn't mean communism's bad because he wasn't even a communist. He was a fascist. And on the same day, on the same day, on the ANCAP sub, anarcho-capitalist sub, Reddit, um, there was a post where someone was talking about how Hitler was a communist. And I was like, guys, you don't have to do this. I was like, the left does this. The left rewrites history in a favorable way. Because this is the same thing they're doing. And it was weird that it was in the ANCAP sub. Because ANCAPs are probably more right in general. But they're not like right wing, like full blown. <coughs> they're not. You'd expect to see that kind of thing from conservatives or Republicans. Being like, Hitler wasn't even a fascist. He was a communist. So that they can defend their own ideology by saying, see, our ideology doesn't lead to anything bad. And the only time some bad things happen that's right wing, it was actually the left. It was actually communism.
And this person was just saying it based off the fact that Nazi has socialist in it, like the National Socialist Party. And I'm like, that doesn't mean they were communists, dude. Like, they weren't communists. I'm sorry. I didn't think it would be so controversial. And, like, these ANCAPs were getting really upset with me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a new troll opportunity. I didn't know it would be so easy to troll ANCAPs and libertarians. Like, I figured they'd be hard to troll. And not as emotional as libs. And they are. They really are. I mean, some of them. Like, a lot of them are really great. But some of them are legitimately as easy to troll as libs. And they get very dogmatic and they get very upset and emotional. And I'm like, I didn't think you'd get this upset from me telling you that Nazis were not communists. Like, how could this be? Why are you getting so mad? They weren't communists. Hitler hated, hated communists. He viewed them as an existential threat for all of Europe. He was not a communist. So they were really upset about that. Um, okay. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm distracted right now. And I'm trying to just lock in and be focused. And then we get these little, we get these little runs of focus. And then I get a little distracted. And now we're back. We're back in. So there was something else that I wanted to talk about. I just thought that was funny. I guess basically my main point. Um, my, my main point there was just that it's funny seeing that kind of duality where you've got the communists being like Stalin was really a fascist. And then you've got the ANCAPs, the right wing ANCAPs being like Hitler was a communist. And I'm like, well, you're both wrong, and that's okay. But I don't see why you're spending so much time. You're wasting time here. What's the point of arguing over these things? It's, but it's funny to watch still. It's like the post-irony thing that I've been telling you about, where like, because Austin keeps sending me these videos that are really cringe, but they're ironic. So it's like lefties trying to do, or like liberals... But I'm going to stop making the distinction, I think. Right? Shouldn't I be consistent here? It's it's lefties making satire videos about how, uh, you know, terrible and heartless, heartless uh, Republicans are. And um, they're funny, but ironically. So it's post-irony is what I'm calling it. I don't know if I coined that to you yet, but start using that. And try to sound intellectual and say, hmm, yes, this is an example of post-irony uh, coined by uh, David Namery. Say it in that accent, too. Say, hmm, yes, hmm, yes, this is a prime example of post-irony. Hmm, very interesting. Say, hmm, a lot. Pretend you're on NPR. Pretend you're a Brit on NPR. Pretend you're a Brit on NPR, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you to do. And say, hmm, yes, hmm, yes, this is, hmm, yes, this is a, hmm, this is an example here hmm, of, um, yes, yes, hmm, yes, mm-hmm, yes. And click your tongue and go, hmm, yeah, 
Oh, I, that one that one wasn't as natural. Let me try to get back into character. You're Brit on NPR. Hmm. Yes, this is. Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. Oh, yes. This. This. Mm hmm. This is an example here, of um. Hmm. Yes. Um. Post irony. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. Yes. It. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes, this, yes, mm-hmm, ah, prime example, yes, of post-irony, hmm, yes, yes, mm, yes, yes, that's what you'll do, okay, so the next time you're at, like, a party, just start doing that, the next time you're at a party and people start talking, just start doing that, out of context, just say post-irony, people are gonna think very highly of you, especially if you're with Ukrainian flag people, if you're not with Ukrainian flag people, and they might get weirded out about how much you're going, hmm, because at a certain point it sounds sexual. There's a lot of sexual undertones if you're listening to NPR. Um, watch out for it the next time you do. Hopefully it's never. Because you should... Although I, I guess watching it ironically, again, can be fun, but for me it's still a struggle. A struggle session. But the idea of post-irony is just me trying to sound really intellectual about my observation that sometimes lefties or people on the right too, I just, mostly this applies to lefties for me because I am more critical of the left and I find them to be more cringe. Although the right has no shortage of cringe. It's examples of the left being satirical, trying to make fun of the right. And it is funny, but ironically, you're laughing like at this lefty and how unfunny what they're doing is. So it's like post irony. You're like, what even is this? Because it is funny, but not in the way that they want it to be. It's funny because it's so bad. I'm calling it post irony. Okay, you call it whatever you want. No, you call it post irony too. You better. And you better say it was my idea. You better. Okay? Thank you. So, there's two more points I want to cover here before we finish up. So, the first one is... Um, I think... This is kind of how I've done things by accident. Where I hop from one ideology to the next. One day I'm a liberal. One day I'm a libtard. And the next day I'm a communist. And the next day I'm, no, I'm not a communist. I'm a socialist or a democratic socialist. Because that means something. I don't think that even means anything. That just means socialist. Democratic, don't get it twisted. Democratic socialist just means socialist. It's the same thing. And then I'm like a Republican. And then I'm like a conservative. And then I'm an anarcho-capitalist and then I'm a libertarian and now I'm like I don't know what I am uh, I don't know I'm a syndicalist I don't even know what that means I just heard it in an audiobook I was listening to last night and I love the way it sounds so I'm a syndicalist until I learn what that is and if I like it I'll stay that way but if I don't like it I'll probably change again but one of the good things is you get to experience an ideology. You get to see all of the good things that it may have to offer. You get to see the inner workings of like a mind on communism, for example. 
And then by the time you leave that, you get to also see what's annoying about it and what sucks about it. And so it's like me being in this kind of like where I've moved on from libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism, I would have said when I was one that these are really the best people. And these are the people that everyone should look toward for answers. But then being out of it, you're like, oh, they're annoying too. And you kind of just check, just check in the boxes. All right, yeah, I did that. No, turns out they're annoying. And I did that, and nope, they're annoying too. And I did that, and maybe people are just annoying. But there's degrees. And again, like in my experience, probably the, the least annoying are just like, I'd say from all of the things that I've, I'd say my assessment would be the least annoying are either smart libertarians or smart Republicans, like, Pro and probably with the edge to smart Republicans or, or conservatives. I would say they're the least annoying. Or, or apolitical people, because they're great. But, you know, because dumb people are always going to be more annoying. Like a dumb right-winger is just going to be like an American flag-waving, flag like addicted to sports gambling type of person. They're annoying. But... Smart right-wingers are, are very not annoying. Because smart libs are... That's the interesting thing about libs, where that principle kind of gets inverted, where the, the smart libs are almost the most annoying ones. So that's what's interesting there. Like, smart Republicans are way less annoying than dumb Republicans, and smart Democrats are way more annoying than dumb Democrats. But dumb Democrats are still really annoying. So, this is not technically political, but I'm less of a conspiracy theorist now, although the, the core, the real core important conspiracies, I still like. I haven't changed my view on 9-11, for example. I'm just less interested in it in general, like doing those deep dives and those videos and stuff. Even though they're still a lot of fun and they're very interesting and I do like it. I'm just not spending as much time. But then on the other side of that, you can kind of look back and be like, can you guys be less annoying too? And an example of that is there's this guy, Zuby, who kind of like no one really knows unless you're on Twitter. Although he's been on Rogan a couple times. And he's like a rapper and like an influencer or whatever. And he's, he's fine. I like him. But... They were sharing all these videos, the conspiracy people, of him in his music videos putting up like hand signs, like rappers put up hand signs, dude. I don't know if the rappers know like the deeper satanic meanings of the hand signals that they're using. They just look cool. Like when a rapper puts their hands in like a diamond above their heads, if you can envision this, like a rapper like putting both of their hands up in a diamond shape with like their palms open. And just kind of rapping and like swaying side to side with their palms on and like that. I don't know if they know that that's a satanic symbol. I don't know if that is. But this is the kind of stuff you see <coughs> from dumb conspiracy theorist Twitter. 
And I'm like, can you guys stop that? I'm taking a sip. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mess today. <clears throat> because that's really annoying. I'm like, stick more to the classics, I would say, to the conspiracy theorists. Stick more to the classics and stop trying to accuse every single person with any amount of public success as being a satanic pedophile or just satanic even. Don't even accuse them of necessarily being satanic because they're probably not. And maybe they are. Maybe they are, but I just don't know. You're not giving me much. You're giving me hand signs. And there was one... There was one picture of him that someone posted, like these nutcases being like, Zuby is controlled opposition. He's really working for the satanics. And they posted uh, him with the okay sign. He's It's him, like a picture taken of him, and he's flashing the okay sign. You know, the hand sign, okay. And this is funny where you actually get overlap between like obscenely dumb progressives and obscenely dumb conspiracy theorists where to one of them the okay symbol is white supremacy and to another one of them to another to this other group the okay symbol is a satanic symbol and to most of us, the okay symbol, it means okay, because it's the okay symbol. So it means okay. And if you hold it below your waist and your buddy sees it, you get to punch him in the arm. That is weird. I'm not denying that, but it is an actual game that actually exists. Okay. And we all did it in middle school. So it's real. These things you're saying about Satan and the okay symbol, and these things you're saying about white supremacy and the okay symbol, they don't exist and they're not real. So you're being silly. So it would be good for you to be less of that. It would be good for you to be a little more serious. Do you want people to take you seriously? And conspiracy theorists definitely want people to take them seriously. Like conspiracy theorists really want to be taken seriously. That's a pretty common thing among conspiracy theorists. They would like to be taken seriously. Some of them, not so much, but a lot of them, yes, they'd like to be taken seriously. We'll stop with this because even if you're right, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing as with the libertarians. It's like you might be right that there is no inherent legitimacy to a democratic government if you did not participate. You know, like if you didn't vote, then that kind of undermines the idea of this regime having any legitimacy over you. But it doesn't matter because it's irrelevant whether, whether they're legitimate or not. They rule over you. They are your government. There's nothing you can do about that. So all of this time you waste on your moral arguments about whether or not they have legitimacy over you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing's going to come of it. And like, honestly, if these people who put up the okay symbol are doing a satanic symbol, what are you going to do? What good is that is going to come of that? I mean, you're just going to like accuse them on Twitter and then all of a sudden something big is going to happen and everyone's going to be saved from Satan. 
I just don't think that's going to happen. Just protect yourself, okay? If you think that the OK symbol is satanic and you see someone using that symbol, then just don't hang out with them or stay away from them. And then you can help yourself. Tweeting about it probably won't do much. I don't think it'll even bother Satan that you're doing that. I think he'd find it funny. The last thing that I'll talk about is this. Because I've been seeing a lot of this, and it's like a nice little cognitive dissonance from liberals. And obviously, liberals are the most inclined to cognitive dissonance this day and age. And it's almost like anything that they're accusing the right of doing, they're probably doing it worse themselves. It's like when they talk about, my cousin will sometimes bring up people shifting the Overton window. I'm like... Okay, shifting the Overton window, like, you mean like, did I already talk about this? You mean like, uh, the vaccines stop the spread? Uh, no, the vaccines, well, they will keep you out of the hospital. Oh, well, no, the vaccines will, will keep you from dying. Oh, well, they'll make you, they won't, you won't die as much. Is that a shifting of the Overton window? You know, like, that's one example. They, they do that constantly. And they've done it for decades, and uh, they're worse than the Republicans are. I'm not saying the Republicans don't do that, but they're worse. And it's the case with cognitive dissonance as well, because there are areas in which the right is cognitively dissonant about things, and the left is always worse right now, and probably always is what I'm starting to find, because the left has kind of been a problem for a really long time, longer than I thought. So the thing that I find funny is when they talk about MAGA Republicans, and I think a tweet prompted this, but I don't remember what the tweet said, but I'm sure you've seen all this type of rhetoric where they say the right, the MAGA right is trying to destroy America. They're trying to destroy America. That's what they say. They hate America. And they hate the values of America. And they're trying to destroy America. And I'm like, they hate America. Leftist liberals hate America. And openly, they're the most critical of America. They hate American values. They hate American history. So why would they care if MAGA wants to destroy that? Because it's... It's like the two levels, the two levels, the, the one is that if you're right and the MAGA Republicans really are trying to destroy America, then let it happen. You hate America. Let it happen. What are you worried about? And on the other hand, like, if you hate America, then what you hate that MAGA is doing is probably that they're not trying to destroy America or that they're inhibiting your ability to effectively destroy America that you hate. Anyway, I'm like, I'm, I'm finished. I got to go like I got to I got to make a call and I got to go to a show and I got to do a bunch of stuff. So 
I gotta go, and um, I don't know. I hope this was. I thought. I hope this was a fine episode, and if it wasn't, I apologize. And the next one will be better. I promise you. But uh, you know, I love you, and thank you for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. <laughs>